Quran or we read the this and we read the that and we like in the midst of all of that we kind of find a way through this is the only authority that we should allow into our lives Facebook internet Instagram Twitter all those voices that speak into your life should never and can never be more important than this amen well, if it's not, how much time do you spend on this and those? Oops, that's another question. Anyway, the second thing that we need to understand is that the Bible can be clear to us. The authority of the Bible and the clarity of the Bible are very important issues for us to, to embrace and say, I submit to it, and I know that it can be clear. It doesn't have to remain a mystery. It is something that God wants to help me to see Him. If God would have given us a book that is too difficult to understand so that we can not get to know Him, He would be absolutely unjust. Isn't it? It's like, not, not fair, God. You want me to get to know you, but I don't know how to read the Bible. Why do you think we live here on earth with a friend called Holy Spirit that wants to help us? So surely He does want to do that. And some of the main issues answered in the Bible, I'll just run through them. I just kind of thought about what the Bible answers. Just some other things. The many issues that are answered in the Bible. First of all, the answers that you find in the Bible are related to the Bible and who God is. You cannot get to know who God is outside of the Bible. Second thing, the Bible and His love for me. You'll find it in the Bible. You'll find that the Bible and, and who I am are closely connected. So if you want to know who God is, if you want to know His love, if you want to know who you are, the Bible. Another thing is the Bible and my purpose on earth, or my love for God, is, is very clear in the Bible. What does God expect of me? How should I love Him? Another thing is my, the Bible and my purpose on earth are closely connected. If you don't know your purpose on earth, don't try to find it somewhere else but in the Bible. If you want to know something about your future, you've got to understand that the Bible and your future go together. If you want to know anything about life after death, the Bible and that go together. Don't look for it in other philosophical and man-made books. Firstly, find it in the Bible. Your relationship with other people, the reality and the dynamic of that is found in the Bible. The Bible and my character and what God wants me to look like and how I should function and how I should treat people, it's found in the Bible. The Bible and suffering go hand in hand. If you want to understand suffering better, because it's real, people suffer. We all have a measure of that. We all go through things that are uncomfortable and not so nice. How does the Bible help me to deal with that? You find it in the Bible. But if you don't have the Bible, and if you don't study the Bible, none of this will ever make sense to you. The Bible and, and God's commitment to me go hand in hand. If you want to know how committed God is and how faithful He will be and how He will never leave you, He will find it in the Bible, that person. Guys, we cannot overestimate the value of the Bible. We cannot. 
And all of these things, these issues, some of these issues I've only mentioned that we find that are relevant in the world today, they found in the Bible. So esteem it, please. Then we've got to look at this wonderful portion in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And it talks about us exercising from the Word. And so why don't you turn there with me. 1 Timothy chapter 4 says there's something that we've got to actually have as a discipline in our lives. As in 1 Timothy 4, it talks about from the beginning, from verse 1, that in the latter times there will be some that will, be, that will depart from the faith and they'll miss out on what God has for them. And then let me read from verse 6. 1 Timothy 4 verse 6. It says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus, of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith. Say with me, trained. Trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Then it says, Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. The silly stories, rumors that go around that, that so often deter us and influence us in a way that we ought to follow God. It says, have nothing with these. But then it says, rather. Say with me, rather. Rather train yourself for godliness. So what it actually is saying, because by the way, that word train there comes from the Greek word, which means Greek word gymnase which is where we get our word gymnasium from, or gymnast from. It's the Greek word gymnase, for train. So Paul is saying, guys, you cannot be influenced by all the stuff that's happening around you. He warns them about the, late, the, the, the latter times, when at the end times all sorts of things will happen, and, and, and to an extent we're there right now. And we can be deceived and, and be led astray by all sorts of things. But Paul is saying, guys, come on, get into the gymnasium with God. Get to train yourself. Get to be disciplined about being godly. And so when we take up the word, because he says here, for instance, that you've got to be trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. May I suggest to you this morning unless we exercise from the Word and use the Word as our, as our guideline in terms of godliness, we're going to be exercising from a different platform. We've got to make sure that the Word of God is the determining path that we follow, and we've got to commit ourselves to the Word. Now, many of you are athletes and you want to be fit and all sorts of things, and we know in this world that if people want to commit to whether it's just fitness or general fitness or, 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 or muscle fitness and muscle building or, or whatever it, you know, sport activity it is that you want to participate in, you know that there's a basic rule. You've got to become fit. Uh -huh. Some of you haven't been fit for many years. That's fine. All right? The point is, is when you last were fit, you may remember how much exercise you had to put into getting fit and how much discipline it was required, or had required of you to get fit. Remember? Some of you are like, oh, I think so. Maybe some of you are there also. You know that every day you've got to go to gym. It is, and there's certain requirements of you to be there regularly. This is an ad quickly. Hey, you want to give me your telephone number? I'll go quickly. Yeah. 
<laughs> now, the point is, when we want to become fit in anything, we have to be disciplined about it. Uh-huh. It's got to be a regular thing. You've got to, some of us, it may be that you get up early in the morning or, you know, during the half, you know, whatever time you could do this thing that you want to do to get fit through or this particular exercise. It's a discipline that you've got to commit yourself to. Now, Paul is writing the same. He says, guys, you've got to exercise from the Word. It's got to become a regular discipline for us. It's not a, red, a, a regular ritual. It's a regular discipline. Because you know what? I don't know God. And I want to get to know God. So regularly, I have to train myself to become godly. That's your responsibility. It's not mine. Uh-huh. I cannot make you fit. You cannot make me fit. We have to individually make up our minds that this is what we want to do. The Bible uses words like, earnestly I will seek you, <laughs> in, in Psalm 63 verse 1. In Proverbs 14, 23, it says, all work, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. How many of you have had these New Year's resolutions? Like, first week into the New Year, oh, this year I'm going to, whatever, change this about myself. But it lasts how long? Until the end of January. Uh-huh. No, the Bible even talks about the fact that if we work hard, it brings a profit. But only talk leads to nothing. Colossians 3 verse 23 is another verse. It says, work at it with all your heart. Don't just half-heartedly get to do something. Work at it with all your heart. And then the last thing about these steps regarding the word that I want to share with you is we need to engage the word. Because obedience is the key for us. We need to engage the Word. We need to get to sit down with the Word. We've got to examine ourselves. We've got to, secondly, we've got to esteem the Word. We've got to value the Word. Then we've got to exercise the Word. And then we've got to engage the Word. And, and what I want to ask is, we've got these little pamphlets that we just um, drafted for you. It's just a summary of the Bible. I'm going to just ask the at the front rows of each block, why don't you just take them and pass them around and each person take one copy um, and, and just simply it talks about the summary of the Bible. So could we quickly just disperse those? Thanks, everybody. And, and this is just one way. By the way, this is not the way, all right? There's not one way only to understand the Bible better. This is just something that I've found is very helpful for us to use, to esteem and to value and to engage the Word. Because I want to give you practical tools to engage the Word. All right. So just go to the front page. Who hasn't got one yet? Can't see it coming your own. It's coming. Just look around. If you can't see it or you haven't got it, just wave. Thank you so much. Don't go into the detail. We're not going to read the detail. I'm going to leave it up to you. This is the thing that you can keep for the rest of your life. And by the way, if you ever want to get more info regarding this, I've got a 10-hour video series on this that you can watch. And it really is helpful. We want to value the Word more. And so you can watch all sorts of things on, on YouTube about how to do this and how to do that. You can get all those answers. You can get answers about how to understand and, and, and appreciate the Bible also better from the Internet. 
And this is a wonderful series that was made available. So it's just a summary of the Bible, and I want to just quickly run through it. Yeah, just on first page. It says, Old Testament, New Testament. Bible has got 66 books, two parts, three sections of each part. Old Testament, 39 books. The first section is the foundational section, first five books of the Bible. Lays the foundation for how we ought to live our lives. Okay? That's what you find in the first five books. The next set of books in the Old Testament is what we call the historical books. History being outplayed. We find that from the book of Joshua right through to Esther. Just how all the kings and all the guys worked and how they managed. And we read something of that from Second Chronicles just now. The history of Israel being outplayed. That's really all the history of the Old Testament. Then we find the last section, which is the instructional, which is the last 20 books of the Bible. And there, these guys, they were contemporaries of the historical people. All right? They were not strangers. They lived at the same time during the history of those 12 books in the middle section. And they wrote to them and said, Guys, you're missing what God taught us in the foundational section. Return to the truth and the basics of what you ought to live like. And so they were just instructing them into the history about the foundations of life. Very simple. The same happens in the New Testament. The first four books of the New Testament is what we call the foundational series or section. That's where Jesus comes, and he, he comes with how we ought to live our lives. And he instructs, and he guides, and he lives by example, and he gives us this way. It's not contrary to the Old Testament. It's fulfilling what was spoken about in the Old Testament. All right? Then we have the historical section in the New Testament, which is the book of Acts, the church planted. And in that, it's wonderful how the, the Word of God was spread. And then we find the last 22 books of the, Old, of the New Testament, which is from Romans to Revelation, which is the instructional. This is the letters written to the guys in the historical period about what Jesus taught us in the foundational section. Very much the same as the Old Testament. So when you read the Bible, you're like, oh, it fits in there. And when we start reading the Bible, we start with the foundations. Don't jump into the instructional because you don't know how it fits in. You can read it. There's nothing wrong. But it's just helpful for us to start from a base. And the detail of that is explained. I want to end with just giving you simple ways to read the Bible. Simple ways to read the Bible. After we've just gone into a little bit of a discovery of how beautiful the Bible is, I want to just give you, finally, simple ways to read the Bible. The first point is get a good Bible. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? You want to read the Bible? Get a good Bible. Not that there's ever a bad Bible, but I mean, if you read a Bible that's really difficult for you to understand, some of us really find it difficult to read the old King James. Uh-huh. These and a thousand. Cute. Like, whoa. Doesn't, make always, doesn't always make sense, does it? We have various translations of the Bible. If you need help with that, you're welcome to ask I love the ESV, the English Standard Version. The Bibles that we've handed out are very simple translations called the Good News Bible or today's English Version. So very simple ways to, to just read the Bible. Study um, why we have so many. You, you can do that. Even if you have internet access, you can go study why we have so many different translations. And there's a purpose for each one of them. So we have another book here that we have that we sell it called The Journey Through the Bible. This is one that's only $2. There's only a few of them. And this is also helpful for you to understand a little bit more about the Bible. Okay? You can listen to the audio Bible. By the way, if you're traveling a lot, 
And you're like, oh, I don't have time to sit down and read. Well, get an audio one. And you can listen to it while you're driving. All right? You can even get a Bible these days where there's no chapters and verses. Did you know that that's originally how the Bible was done? No chapters, no verses. I started reading the Bible like that. It is phenomenal. You go to a certain book like 1 Timothy, and it's just one big, one big story, one big letter, because that's how Paul wrote it. He didn't say, and verse 12, I'll say the following, and verse 13. We then started with verses, just to help us find and locate what is written in the Bible. We gave it chapters and verses. But you can go and get a Bible without that. There's like one wonderful story just being outplayed in front of you. It helps you not to break the things up into, into the, you know, sections. So get a good Bible is a good place to start. The second thing is get some handy help. And it's not, hey, come to us, you know, the elders, first of all, or, or, or leaders or whatever. It's just, hey, get help. There's study Bibles these days. There's information available freely that you can gather. That's why I said, this is a simple one. Two dollars. Going, going, I've got, no. You get, you get various commentaries. We have those commentaries around here that we sell at two dollars as well called Michael Eaton. Um, just information about understanding the Bible. Ask other people. It's good to get handy help. Don't get stuck and say, I don't know, I've never understood it, so I'll just sit there and mope and feel sad and feel bad and feel all, you know, miserable. No, get help. The third thing I want to mention is don't only read alone. Read it with people. Read it with your spouse. Read it with friends. Read it in small groups and, and, and life groups and whatever. Just gather people and say, listen, I'm going to read through Genesis. Why don't you read with me so we kind of let's help one another through this journey. Okay? Read together. The fourth thing is find a routine. Purposely set aside time. That's where this training thing, this gymnase thing comes in, where we've got to set aside time for it. And you don't find time, you make time. It's what we always say, hey? In life, you don't find time for something. You make time for it. If it's a value, if it's important, we want to get to know God. Anyone? So we find the Bible, hey? We use the Word. And then we make time to read the Word so that we can get to know God. So you've got to find those own routines that, you, that, that in your life will work. Whether it's during the day or early morning or evenings, you've got to find that for yourself. Find a simple place to start. That's why I suggest that you, if you've never started reading the Bible, use a foundation section. It's helpful to you to see what the rest of the book or what the rest of the, the Bible could look like. Read the best or easy stories first even. I mean, particularly in the New Testament, when you read the foundation section, you go to the book of John, there's some brilliant stories in there. But it's always good to just read it in context. Don't just read a verse. And oh, I think it's so sad when people do that, when we just pluck out a verse per day. Okay, that'll be my verse for the day. And we never get to read more. That's why devotional books are fine, but you cannot just base your Christian walk on devotional books. What is a devotional book? It's when somebody has taken one verse and they write a little bit about it and for that day you read that one verse and his thoughts or her thoughts. So what do you get mostly? You get their thoughts. It's not necessarily wrong, but you never get a chunk of the Bible. You just get one verse or two verses. And then tomorrow it'll be a different section from the Bible or different two verses. 
Again, it's not wrong, but guys, we've got to feed ourselves of chunky input from the Bible and read it in context and study it. And there are various ways, and these days there there is reading programs or plans that you can get from the internet um, where you can go and see what, you know, there's some certain um, guys that have come up with wonderful ways to read the Bible in a particular period. I'm not fond of forcing people to read the Bible in one year because it forces you to read so much that you actually miss out on so much. I've got to read five chapters today. What did I read? I don't know. I've got to just prepare for next night again to know what I need to read. And just like after a week, you kind of just, whoa, you're swimming and you don't really know what you read. There's nothing wrong with reading the Bible in one year. Just make sure that it is not just head information. Okay? You can obtain information like that from the from internet as well. And I've got some websites if you want to. Christianity.com, for instance, is one good one. Bibleinoneyear.org is one good one. So when we want to read the Bible, prepare practically. There's a couple of practical things that we're just speaking about this morning. Have a place that you enjoy being, a space in your house where you can be alone, somewhere where you're comfortable and like to be. Have other materials available when you do this. Have other book where you can write down your thoughts about what you've been reading so that you can capture those thoughts. Just like nuggets that you pick up from every day of readings. Like, man, I saw this. I've got to just write this down. And, um, and it's just so beautiful to be able to go pay go back into that little book of yours and, and read through what you found in the Scripture. Journal. Record these nuggets. A very important thing, number six. Prepare or involve your heart in this. Because all of these things can be so practical and so mind-oriented that we actually miss out on preparing our hearts and involving our hearts. And that's why you've got to look for God. Find God in Scripture, because He's there. Talk to God. Discuss these things with Him. Ask Him to help you understand things. Remove obstacles, possible obstacles in your heart regarding the Bible, and say, God, I'm sorry. I've always had this perspective and perception about the Bible. I ask you to please forgive me. That's been wrong. Don't just read to gather information. Read to allow transformation to come. Okay? When you read... And, and, and you're going through material. That's why reading slow is so good. And not reading going too fast-paced. Because you want to involve your heart. You want to allow God to bring transformation here, not bring information into your head, but transformation to the heart. And that takes time. Okay? So don't try to be too quick. This is a process, not a program. A relationship and not a religious exercise. Allow it to teach, rebuke, correct, and train you. And you need time for that. Going almost, almost done. Next one is read broadly, study deeply. Okay? Read wide, but study deep. Because reading gives us breadth, but study gives us depth. So don't try to just be broad and try to read as much as possible. Go deep. Go deep. Read broadly, study deeply. When, when you go deeper, ask questions like, what does the text say? That's where often we rewrite it in our own words, just to kind of try to understand it a bit better. That's the, that's the exercise of observation. The next exercise is application, where I say, how does this apply to my life? Look for actions, commands, or examples we ought to obey from the section that you read. 
because you wanted to impact your life. Don't want information only. You wanted to impact your life. And then lastly, in this process of digging deeper, we want to discover more about God in it. We want to observe what it says. We want to apply be meaning to me and what I should do. And then we observe who God is. Because when you read a scripture, you want to say, hey, I want to read more and discover more about God from this. Just simple guidelines. It's kind of like handles for you and I to help us understand and read through the Bible. So just simple words. Look for themes. Read through entire books. Read paragraphs at a time. Consider the characters of the Bible and study the words of the Bible. Words like forgiveness, um, righteousness. You even can, can look at words like blood and what does it actually mean. Not that it's gory, but just there's incredible spiritual significance in that when you read the Bible broadly. And then lastly, just five things as summary. Five keys when it comes to the Word. We hear the Word. We read the Word. We study the Word. We memorize the Word. And we meditate on the Word. Just five keys. The hearing of the Word comes through moments like this. Where we read it together. We hear what it says. We, we listen to it, even in this audio option that I said. But we we consider we hear what other people have to say as we study the word together. We read it ourselves. But then when reading, we've got to go a little bit deeper. We've got to study it. Can't just skim over it. Just plug it out. You know, one verse a day. We've got to study it so that we can see the relevance for us. Then it's good for us to memorize it. Because when you're in a given situation and times are tough and it's like, oh, what's happening? You've memorized something that says, the Lord is faithful. He will never, ever leave me nor forsake me. And you can memorize. You may have forgotten where it's written, but you just remember what the Word of God says. And when we memorize it, it also helps us in the meditation of it. Because you can meditate even without the Word of God physically in front of you. It's like, man, I just need to sit down. And think about that. You can obviously meditate on it when it's in front of you. And so much better. So, it's a little bit of a practical thing this morning. But guys, we, we want to help one another to value the Word. If we don't, we miss out on so much of who God is. And what He wants to reveal to us about His character. And about His plans and your plans that He has for you. That's found in Scripture. So let me pray as we close. God, this is um, something that will always be necessary to talk about. And Lord, help us never ever to undervalue the Word of God because we may not understand it fully. Help us to be committed like that, that word that um, Paul wrote. We've got to train ourselves in godliness. Help us to train ourselves. Help us to be, di to be disciplined, Lord God, regarding your word. That, Lord Jesus, that even if it's tough at times, and I can just imagine many times when you physically prepare yourself for something, God, it, it takes commitment. It's not always fun. So often it's not fun. But, Father, help us to, in the word of God, to see the value that it can add to our lives. 
when we make this part of who we are, when we add this as a, as a lifestyle thing. This is a culture. We will read the Bible. We will study the Bible. We will hear the Bible. We will memorize the Bible. We will meditate on the Bible. Help us to let this become part of who we are. Now pray this for King City Church, Lord Jesus, that the Word of God will be highly valued. And as we value it, it will, we will build our lives around it by even, Lord God, being disciplined around spending time in the Word. And I trust you for that, Father. I pray your grace upon us as a church to let this be real in the way we live in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for extra time this morning for us just to run through these things and, and help us understand just the beauty of the Word. There's a book table out there that, that have information and material that you can buy to help you. We've even bought some good books from South. There's one good book called Digging Deeper, helping you to dig deep into Word of God and understand it better. So God bless you. Have a great week. If you don't have a Bible, speak to us. If you have a Bible, use it. Read it. Enjoy it. Amen. All right.